everybody, it's Sam. And I'm Ash. And this is the Sam and Ash Experience. Welcome back, bitches. Welcome back. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, we want to start this off by saying a little thank you to those who have supported us. My beautiful, beautiful cousin, Amanda. Mandy. Thanks for sharing and liking us and... We know you're addicted. <laughs> really being supportive, so we love you. Yeah. This episode is going to be about the lovely, not Jasmine Richardson. Why is she not lovely? Oh, you'll find out. She'll be Isn't a little demon. Oh. <laughs> okay, so you know how I love my disclaimers. You're your stupid disclaimers. They're not stupid, they're needed. Um, this case is a wild one, and we'll probably... This case is a wild one, and we'll probably end up pissing you off. I got most of my research from the book, The Runaway Devil, and also my lovely Google searches. <laughs> and, Screw Google search. Oh. Um, a lot of it I heard off of Morbid, and that's where I got interested and really dove into this, because they give you a lot of information and stuff. Shout out to them. Sounds morbid. Episode also has a lot of trigger warnings in it. You know your trigger warnings. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna just go willy nilly and scar some folks. Some people can't handle it. So no, sometimes you just need, just need somebody to scar you up. Sometimes <laughs> she's not damaged at all. Nope. <laughs> Okay, yeah, because what murder case is going to be filled with sunshine and roses, right? Gotta have a little trigger warning. Nah. We, once again, we don't cover stories like this to glorify the killings, but to simply remember the lost. And if we laugh, we're not laughing at the situation, we're just uncomfortable. Uh, right? <laughs> uh. And we're trying to, you know, keep our sanity. Yeah, we're trying to defuse the situation real quick. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start out by telling you a little bit about these folks. Um, okay, so the Richardson family was your typical family. Before Mark and Deborah got married and had kids, they both dealt with substance abuse. Not together, but they both had an addiction problem. And when they got together, they really helped each other out. They fought it and they were sober. They didn't have any issues with it after. They met, got married, had two kids, a daughter and a son, and they just lived a happy and sober life. When I say things were amazing, I'm not just saying that, but like in my research, everybody said like they were a perfect family. And it wasn't like one of those families that just showed it on the outside and not behind closed doors. They were actually like a really good, wholesome family. One that you wish you would be raised in. Uh-huh. Everyone around them said that they were the best couple ever. They were just out there living their sober life. So Father Mark was 42 and Deborah was 48. Go what? on, Deborah. Go on, Deborah. Get that young man. <laughs> and everybody said Deborah was just beautiful. Really? So, yeah. They had their daughter, she was 12, and their son Jacob, who was 8. A neighbor told the paper that the family was literally like a Norman Rockwell family. Just a background about the victims, so they could be known, you know, you just want to know. Mark was born in a French-speaking household. Cool. He went to Catholic school. He had four sisters and one brother. He met old Debbie Deb <laughs> in 1990 at a gym in Sudbury. They were soon married in Toronto before moving out to the coolest place ever, Medicine Hat, Alberta. Yes, it is a real name. <laughs> Old Medicine Hat. Old Medicine Hat. After 15 years of marriage. 
marriage. So they had a really strong marriage before they really started having kids and stuff. I'm going to try to say this because it's a big word. And you know me, small mind, big words. Mark worked as an instrumentation technician in the oil and gas industry. <laughs> in 2003, he was promoted after diligently taking engineering classes. So he was just hustling, uh -huh. you know, bettering himself, working hard, trying to do good for his family. Uh, he was described as a bear of a man with a bushy mustache and dark hair. So he was a... Mm. Just the old he wasn't a big burly man, so ooh, <laughs> yes, um, come through, Mark. Right, Deb was described as a beautiful woman. People literally said she was bubbly and happy to the point of being awkward, like just like the hey guys. And so like, literally, it's seven o'clock. <laughs> like I literally just woke up. Please calm down. I need yeah. to bring it from a ten to a two and a half. I feel like that's me, and you're just the one. Like literally, calm down. Right. <laughs> um, she was also into native spirituality and researched things such like medicine wheels, dream catchers, naturals, herbs, and stuff like that. And she was into Wicca, which is so cool. Because to I would me, like Wicca, to. I think being a Wiccan, I, I mean, I would, if it was me, I would practice Wicca because I love nature. I want to do a lot. I want to learn more about Wicca because it just seems like they're just one with the earth. Yeah, they no. just use the earth to heal themselves and people and just, you know, protect themselves. Right. They just want to, it's healing, it's good. I don't know why it gets such a bad rap. Because I'm telling you, and I say this all the time, people fear what they don't understand. Exactly. If they would just open their mind, they would see that it's just beautiful. And it's not for everybody, and that's fine. Let people do what they want to do. I'm not for everybody, so whatever. She's not for me sometimes. Whoa! <laughs> I wanted to fight you. What? <laughs> okay, back to this and not fight club. Um, she was known for her megawatt smile, and people said they'd never seen her without a smile, which is not us. Not us. <laughs> we have RBS so bad. I have resting bitch face so bad. Everybody think everybody thinks I'm just like really intimidated, but I'm just a cool person. I'm just chill. She just has that RBF real bad. <laughs> Super bad. Okay, she started out cleaning houses and stuff for a while for her business. Just until she could really start her own business up from home. She wanted to start teaching Reiki classes. Like a Reiki master. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Reiki, according to Google search, my friend, is a palm healing or hands to body healing, which... The practitioner places hands lightly on or around the patient's body to facilitate the patient in the process of healing. Reiki combines the Japanese and Chinese words for Rei, spiritual or supernatural, and Ki, which is vital energy. Why do you feel like, like the light company? What? <laughs> what did I do? You said vital energy, like energy light company. <laughs> Listen, it was late. It was late. I was in the hospital. Right. It was dark. I couldn't see. <laughs> um, she even set up a studio in the basement of her home. People would agree that she was just the sweetest person you would ever know. But she was also a lioness about her kids. She would not let anybody mess with them. Oh, of course. If, I mean, if I had kids, I wouldn't. In October of 1993, they had their daughter, Jasmine, who is super sweet and quiet. She went to a Christian school and was just a good girl and a student. Friends pointed out that when she moved to Medicine Hat, she would make the, order, the effort to meet people and try to be well-liked. 
like she wouldn't let people come to her. She just wanted to just put herself out there and introduce herself and was just really like her mom and just bubbly and sweet. Like, hello, my name's Jasmine. <laughs> she was described as a beautiful girl with her mother's smile, pale blue eyes, and long dark hair. Her bedroom was the typical girl's bedroom. It was pink and it had stuffed animals. And battery boys. Right, poster. Posters everywhere. <laughs> Which is, she had something I envied because I wanted this so bad whenever I was growing up. She had a canopy bed with like a white like linen over it. To the show canopy. It. Yeah. Oh, I wanted that so bad. She was a part of her school's fine art program and she loved to draw and write music. She was also into her mother's interests of Reiki, crystals, meditation, and Wicca. Now Jacob, he was the sweetest boy. He was known as a class clown. He was your typical hilarious boy. He loved pretending to be a Jedi, which later on is going to break your heart. <laughs> to be ready. And a hockey player. So he was, had a big imagination. This is so sweet and just pure. In his kindergarten essay, he was reported in saying that he wanted to be a policeman or a soldier. He said the one thing he loved most about him was his family and being very fast. <laughs> Jasmine was said to adore Jacob. Friends would say that they would play together and she just loved him. It wasn't the typical like older sister, younger brother. They really got along and she really looked out for him. Yeah, I want to punch my sister in the face plenty of times. <laughs> love you, Tara. Right. Love you to death, but let me tell you something. Listen. We went fight club real quick. Oh my gosh. I think my life growing up was fight club. <laughs> <laughs> I have two younger brothers and a sister, and we all squabbled like it. We were in the WWE. <laughs> Literally, we practiced moves on each other. Like, I don't see how one of us don't have broken necks from, like, the tombstone. Oh my stuff. god. <laughs> Power dropping each other. <laughs> Anyways, well, we all survived. <laughs> Love y'all. Right. <laughs> People's elbow, next time I see y'all. <laughs> Jasmine, reaching out, at, you know, reaching adolescence, it was not kind to her. Nope. She was the typical one that went from this sweet, loving little baby to just this royal terror. And she was just like a spoiled brat, basically. She started getting interested in like the golf culture, but mainly like the artistic side of it. Um, she started listening to Misfits, Slipknot, you know, stuff like that. Um, Did she was a Slipknot concert with mom. No. Oh. Puddle of Mud. See there. Oh yeah, see there. Yeah. yeah. And that was just from the friends I was in. I really didn't know anything about Whoa. it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was more like the three days grace and like three right. doors down and Nickelback. Yeah. Yes, I said Nickelback bite me. <laughs> but now we're going to see Nickelback next year though. <laughs> she started wearing all black and one thing about her was she didn't look 12. She looked a lot older than what she was. She was really pretty. Another disclaimer, you're welcome. Stop. <laughs> I'm just saying right now, but just because a person wears black and listens to a certain type of music, like goth music or whatever, it does not make them a bad person. It doesn't. The color of someone's skin, what they like, dislike, whatever, does not make the person. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Off my soapbox. I'm trying not to fall by the wayside. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like I hate things, especially, we're going to do this later because it just, I literally for days was just researching and caught up about the whole Memphis 3Ks. Oh my god, yeah. For days, I would just sit there outraged. And because stuff like this, like people think that just because they, they work listen. or look or whatever a certain way, 
Anyways, back to the. Okay. Don't let me go. Off, off the soapbox yet again. Right. Don't let me go back up there. Research studies have been shown that girls that hit puberty and develop earlier than their peers are more of a risk for delinquency and aggressive behavior. Uh, they can also become more aggressive, depressed, or just socially withdrawn and act out sexually because they don't really know what to do with their body. Either they don't know what to do with their body, or they see how much attention they get them, and they use it to their advantage. Not all, but this is just the studies that have been shown. Um, so that explains a lot. No, I'm just kidding. Not for me. I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <Right>? <laughs> okay, so um, and throughout this whole thing, just keep in mind that Jasmine was only twelve at this time. Twelve. Twelve. Anyways, at this time. Jasmine was 11, and like all preteens do, she signed up for a few sites, and one of them was MySpace. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Man. Remember searching for hours for like the perfect background and song? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like you had to, like when people came, you just wanted them to like be blasted by your song or whatever. Pissing Ugh. people off and causing fights and turmoil for like your top five. <laughs> And whenever, like, you have a falling out, they can tell because you push them down a little bit. Exactly. Being petty. <laughs> and she also was in Nextopia, which is basically the Canadian version of MySpace, if I remember correctly. Shout out to my Canadian peeps. I literally love Nextopia because at the time, they had the hottest guys. Oh my god. Hey, teenagers. And all these sites, she said that she was, like, 16. Because she looked at it, and you have to be older than a certain point to even get one. Uh, like 13. 13 is like I think the, it's like 15 or something like that. No, I think my switch was like 13. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she used the username X underscore madness underscore X. Cool, I guess. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, her interest under her MySpace was hatchet, true crime, serial killer, psychology, and blood. Which, honestly, besides hatchet and blood, same. <laughs> oh my god. Um, her heroes were Jeffrey Dahmer, Batman, Chris Angel, and Marilyn Manson. You heard Chris Angel. Bye, freak. <laughs> Back in the day, I thought he was so cute. Oh god, I can't. Now he do just this. looks like the older version, still trying to trick out the tight, like, black jeans, <laughs> being shirtless. Disgusting. <laughs> in 2005, when she was entering the 7th grade, that's when teachers started seeing a huge difference in her. Her skirts were getting shorter. She was sporting chains, dark makeup, fishnets, and really just committing to the golf lifestyle. Oh my god, 2005? Right. I was out of school for two years by then. And I was out of school for one. And Tara, and Tara was just graduating. Yeah. Her, <laughs> her parents were getting notified about this because, remember, she went to a Christian school mm -hmm. and they had a dress code so she didn't want she was getting in trouble a lot because of her skirt but her parents didn't find the need to do anything about it because she they felt like she wasn't really doing anything wrong and she wasn't hurting anybody she was just you know expressing herself which I'm on the fence about yes you can express yourself in your makeup what you're wearing but when your butt is showing and skirts that's like okay tone it down like you can like, express yourself without showing your ass <laughs> so like me today with my shorts because I was pulled, I kept pulling it because they were like, ride up. <laughs> so in November, on November 10th, 2005, 
2005. She joins the site VampireFreaks.com. My freak! <laughs> Stop. She says she said that she was 15, even though she was 12, and her name was X Killer Kitties. What? It was like Killer Kitties with the X's on it. Two weeks after that, she joined Zortopia.com and used the nickname Runaway Devil, which is a cool name, like the Runaway Devils. That's a good band name. In December of 2005, she, that's when she joins Nextopia under the username Runaway Devil also. And she used the email Dying Resurrection a little much. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't like for real. On this profile she wrote, and this is going to be long, I am the almighty jazz. Bow down. No thanks. <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> Worry about yourself. Don't worry about yourself. Don't worry about yourself. I think deep thoughts and I'm quite emotional. Same. <laughs> Same. And my mood is ever changing, although I could be good at hiding my feelings. Same. I don't trust easy. Same. <laughs> I either have a lot of energy or very little. Same. <laughs> I try to make attempts at poetry and anime. I make wookie noises and like to scare small children. Same. <laughs> Just um, kidding. I'm afraid of llamas. Not me. I love llamas. They're so cute. And I'm told that I'm the mentally R word, which I don't I am often loud and I bounce a lot. When I'm hyper, I like to dress up and I want an Edward Scissorhand outfit. That's random. <laughs> okay, so um, other people live in my head with me. That's fine. That's great. Um, I like random questions and I like to pretend that I'm a gangster sometimes. But don't worry, because I'm not. <laughs> of course you're not. You're 12. Right. Um, yeah, I watch Teen Titans. Sometimes because I'm cool. I play guitar sometimes, but I suck. I also post a lot of lyrics for music and short stories from Edgar Allan Poe. My favorite. <laughs> uh, she wanted to come off older, so she did. Uh, she did. You know, she wanted to say like, "Oh, Edgar Allan Poe lyrics and stuff." And at this point, it was all innocent. Until she met Jeremy Steinke. And thank you, Morbid. I can never say his name and they were right. Like, this person does not deserve to be called his name. So from here on out, I'm just going to name him Steinke. Jeremy Allen Steinke was 23 years old. Remember, she's 12. Disgusting. He was a high school dropout who lived in a trailer park. Not important, but just information. Yeah. <laughs> So he lived there in Medicine Hat with his mom, who was an alcoholic, and her partner, who was abusive to him growing up. He had a rough childhood, and this is the point where it's like, I feel sorry for him, because nature versus nurture, once again. Mm -hmm. Like, I really feel like, if anybody, I feel sorry for him, not her. And you'll see why, because he had a shitty growing up, and she didn't, yeah. you know? But that's just like <coughs> my mom said, like, there's two points of it. You can't blame the family or their growing up all the time because they could have, like, a loving family relationship and stuff. Like, her, her parents were pretty much perfect. But the only thing I feel like is that she was so spoiled that she thought she could get away with anything. Yeah. You know, it kind of gets to the point where they're so spoiled that they don't believe in repercussions and stuff like 
Yeah. He had a rough childhood and had already attempted suicide by the time that he met Jasmine. He also thought he was a 300-year-old werewolf. That's, Whatever, that's fine. That's normal. <laughs> Wolf. <laughs> he wore a necklace with a ball of blood around his neck. Whose blood, I don't know. But later on, you'll find out that he did end up giving a ball of his blood to Jasmine, allegedly. <laughs> Disgusting. He said. That's how AIDS is spread. Right? He said he was a part of the Lycan Brotherhood. Don't <laughs> put yourself in the Lycans. Whose <laughs> empire would soon rise. And in a personal blog post, he wrote, We must meet at the cemetery one hour before the full moon is fullest to speak of a tragedy within the coven. Listen. <laughs> Those who have not overcome the mindless rage need not attend. Okay. <laughs> listen to me, and I mean listen to me good. I absolutely love Underworld. That's like my yes. absolute favorite, yes. favorite vampire movie besides Blade. Don't put your stanky self in they coven. Okay. Don't even don't even soil like Underworld. It. Don't even don't even soil that movie series just don't even do it <laughs> i'm sick of it you have crossed the ever loving line with me right. <laughs> that's funny Ugh, you have crossed the line with me <laughs> he would also tell people that should they should be careful because he could eat them that's fine he was badly bullied in school and they used to call him stinky which you know that's why i call him stinky because that's Right. Um, going back to the abuse that he was dealt when he was younger, his biological father would come home drunk every day with him and drag him back to his room by his ears. His mom said this would happen every day and it started around the time that he was a toddler. So sad. That is sad. His stepfather, no better. Um, he was also a drunk and he had three other kids. He would lie, like if something ever happened, he would line them up when they got in trouble and slap their hands with paint sticks until somebody would confess to whatever happened. And at this time, he would tie them up to a chair and make them sit there and watch that person be punished. His third step guy <coughs> was Peach. Peach? He once pushed his head into a deep freezer, causing injury, which probably why he's so crazy. And one time he tried to help his mom when she was being abused, and he turned on him, grabbed him by his neck, and, and I quote, this is what his mom says, he like gave him uppercut to the face and pounded him in the back of the head. So once again, head trauma, which probably didn't make him the most stable mentally. They also moved all the time, so he had very few friends because he was moving, he was alone most of the time. He ended up making a group of friends when he moved to Medicine Hat. Even his kindergarten teacher said that he was just an angry and unstable child. Which, I mean, I don't really blame him because he had a shitty end of the stick, you know. Mm -hmm. As a teenager, he smoked pot, probably to escape, honestly, you know. And he was drinking a lot. He quickly moved to harder drugs, such as ecstasy, mushrooms, and acid. He suffered from ADHD, and when he was 15, he got blackout drunk outside in the dead of winter and had to be hospitalized for hyperthermia. Mm -hmm. He probably just tried to end it, honestly. Yeah, we got blackout drunk at one time. They thought it was not the dead of winter. Uh, right. <clears throat> Which, I mean, why the heck was anything being done? Once again, 
this kid was crying out for help probably, but nobody made the choice to help them. You know, he was going to school just like, ugh, and everybody, I don't know if we'll get this because it's kind of hard, but the Gabriel Hernandez thing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they go to school, they have, I'm sure they have bruises or whatever, and, or they're drunk or whatever cause might be, and nobody said anything, mm -hmm. you know? It's just, you know, these people, who knows what he would have turned out to be if they got him help. At this time, he was a cutter, and things at school started getting worse. He dropped out three months into his 10th grade year. He moved in with friends and basically just helped surf all the time and worked a bunch of dead-end jobs. In 2004, the year I graduated, he tried to do something with his life and enrolled into a local community college for his high school credit, but then dropped out. Mm -hmm. In 2005, he moved back in with his mom, which I'm sure was stable. Uh, <laughs> that year that he moved back in with her, she was charged with stabbing her then sometimes boyfriend Wilford Yates. He deserved it. <laughs> Stabbing girl. Uh, she got 12 months probation, but she breached it because she wouldn't stop seeing him. That doesn't make sense to me. Right. Like, how are you going to stab somebody? Either she still. Just, right. Either he deserved it and he was like beating on her or whatever, or he was just innocent. She went crazy and just trying to take him out. Either way, I would not go back. Exactly. <laughs> Either way, why would you even go back? I'm not saying this was 100% why he did what he did, but I mean, everything in his life was pretty much bred to be a killer. This is the time where nurture comes into play and you can see how pretty much he was just shaped up to be trouble once again. Now, a 17 year old girl who dated Jeremy when he was 20 said, I probably only knew 10% of him. He would change in like the blink of an eye. When he would sleep at night, he would just sit up all of a sudden and just start talking to himself. Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, mm -mm. Because, you know, that's what 300-year-old werewolves do. <laughs> they he was talking up. to his brethren. Shut up. <laughs> Again, you are not going to soil the underworld name. I, I refuse for oh, you to do that. That is my stuff. People said that after the relationship failed, that's when he started dating younger and younger girls. Because he was a pedo. Probably, well, I don't know if it's not because he was a pedo or because he wasn't mature himself. There wasn't really said that he was mentally challenged, but from his childhood abuse, he was probably just really immature and childlike, so he really got, yeah, know, he's got a, along yeah. with younger kids and people older wanted to be mature. Or he could have just been a pedophile, who am I to say? Oh, pedo. <laughs> So, he started doing coke, getting in trouble with the police, writing bad checks. Same. No, I'm scared. <laughs> you don't even have checks. Girl, I surely don't have checks. <laughs> it wasn't until he was 22 that he started doing the goth lifestyle, which is kind of unheard of because usually they do it like younger like, or in, whatever. Like in their teens. Right, but whatever. But he found popularity within this group, like the goth group. And they started hanging out in malls. You know those kids that hang out in malls and just stand around and not do nothing? Going to Hot Topic. Right. And he found his popularity in the group and they started hanging out. And kids looked up to him because, of course, he was like an older guy, so he just seemed cool. And, and they cool, seen him as stupid. like a leader. And all the girls, of course, were so in love with him. 300-year-old <laughs> werewolf from the Lycan community. The Lycan Covenant. Yeah, Covenant. <laughs> And then I would he have, listen, I would have shot him down. <laughs> just with because. Bullet. <laughs> with a silver bullet. Uh, normally, goths usually are really chill, nonviolent, and 
mellow. But interestingly enough, you know how his interest is hanging out with younger kids. Um, this is common in people that have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. ADHD is also found in kids that have this disorder. They're usually impulsive. They don't think about the consequences or what's right or wrong. In the goth community, not a lot of people had anything negative to say about him. And the girls said that he was sweet and kind and chill, but in actuality, he was just a punk kid in a 22-year-old body. Punk kid. In 2005, he would wear a neoprene black face mask, which is, it'll come to play later, which is... By everybody right now. <laughs> so he's practicing for COVID. <laughs> you know, love a man that you know up at the time. <laughs> Made out of like a scuba gear, like that type of material and also in 2005 that's when he met Jazz. Uh, they met through Jasmine's 13 year old friend and she liked that he was super popular in the goth crowd. She said that he was really hyper and she liked his energy and that he was always the center of attention. Her friend Kaylee, which that's the girl that they met through, also not the best influence. She was also a teen runaway and just was a freaking wreck. Um, Jasmine and Jeremy bonded about being misunderstood. Jasmine's parents were also starting to be more tough on her because she was hanging out with like older guys. Before she met Jeremy, she was having she was hanging out with two older guys named Raven and Trenchcoat. First of all, how'd you, I guess he wore a trench coat all the time. I guess, trench coat. You suck. <laughs> so, just call me Scrubs, because, you know, when people wear Scrubs all the time. <laughs> Shut up. These two were also in their 20s, and they were also, like, seen as the leaders of their little group. And every weekend, she would start going to these raves and, like, golf shows. She started fighting with her parents more and more and sinking more and more into like this darker persona that she was creating. Her school guidance counselor was getting worried about this change and she once told the counselors out of nowhere that she wanted to be put in foster care. Okay. That's fine. So the counselor was like, why are you okay? Is everything okay at home? And she was just like, no, everything's fine. They don't abuse me. They're just assholes. Oh my god. Once again, spoiled ass kid. Spare the rod. <laughs> spoiled <laughs> child. <laughs> Hold on, let me... The guides the guidance counselor said that she would she could tell that she was telling the truth, that there was no abuse going on. She said that if there was, she would have contacted the police. Um, Jasmine later said that she was just having fun. Like that's not fun. You can really really get someone in trouble. Right. And plus, like, um, with this being said, like, her parents are just sweet. Yeah. I think it's sad. I think it's sad how you, people have, like, these super sweet parents and then they just, like, go off the damn deep end. Right. Like, what makes, I guess, I guess it's because they're so sweet that you just need some type of, some type of structure. Yeah. I mean, some just, I, I just don't understand. Like, you have Spoil some people. The child. This is Shut up. I'm all about beating. No, I'm just <laughs> you, I'm all about beating somebody. Ask BB. <laughs> <laughs> they were fighting a lot more. They got to where they had to, like, ground her on weekends. So basically, she was just being a little 12 year old punk kid. Punk kid. Um, by this time, the couple was hanging out tons and 
on Valentine's Day 2006, Jeremy sent an email to her using his email, Morbid Flames. That is the coolest email. Is it though? <laughs> yes. Morbid Flames. Come to live. <laughs> Shut up. Oh. He band name, called it. And he asked her to be his girlfriend. Again, he's 23. She's 12. There was a few dates here and there, you know, with them. But Jasmine told him that she was 13, which is no better, but no she's better. actually 12. And he claimed that she said that she was 16. Bro, you are 23, even if she was 16. You're still 23 years old. Let's try for 18, 19, 20, somebody your own age, just stretch in there, you know. Um, they kept their relationship secret. They talked on the phone every night. They had their social media to like talk to each other. And his next Sophia, next Sophia was Soul Eater. I am tired <laughs> of this most dramatic. She's like, I am tired. <laughs> For his likes, he's like, he listed his fellow like and brethren. Shut up. Among his fame, Cradle of Filth, Dying Fetus, Murder Dolls, Marilyn Manson, Megadeth. His dislikes were Girls Who Break My Heart Again, Homewreckers, Hypocrites, Lies, The Sun, Untrustworthy People, Spiderwebs, but not spiders because they're cool. K-E-W-L. You suck. <laughs> you absolutely suck. <laughs> hate you right now because they're k-e-w-l i'm just you, texting you every day have a good day you're cute and i'm like you know what i need you to i need you to go somewhere block block also planes i don't know why posers prostitutes and on prostitutes he said he would like to kill them Play with their insides and eat. He's such a no. you know, because you know, three hundred year old like just wanted to remind you <laughs> of that little tidbit. He also dislikes pigs, cops, and the N word. So great. He was also a racist. On vampirefreaks.com, he said that he believed in blood. I'm sick of <laughs> You didn't I'm... have blood to, you know, feed his liking soul. No, that's vampires. Oh. <laughs> they drink blood too. Listen, I'm sick of it. First of all, I, there's so many questions. Why do you have a bottle of blood around your neck? Whose blood is it? The blood of his haters. <laughs> Ooh, see, that's why they give me a, that's why they give me a vial. <laughs> I told so you that was cool, neck. isn't it? <laughs> I need to put a vial around my neck and be, they're like, hey, what's in your little vial there? The vial of my haters. Tell my, the tears of my haters. <laughs> and my enemies. Oh, God, like, that, uh, that's just so irritating to me. <laughs> Whose blood is it? That's how AIDS is spread. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he, like, blood, destruction, guts, Gore and greed. All positives, right? Like, no. <laughs> I 
Um, his likes were gothic beings, mosh pits, loud music, piercing, tattoos, scarification, pain, kinky fetishes, heavy metal, once again blood, razor blades, eyeliner, poetry, nail, black nail polish, and nails. Okay, so... I was following him when he said piercings and tattoos because I'm all for and that. And kinky fetishes. And kinky fetishes. <laughs> I'm all for that. But everything else, I'm like, oh, that's a no. Right. Um, Especially the blood. Right. Whose blood is it? And scarification. Scarification. Like, uh, cutting yourself and stuff. Nah, I, no. That's like, a, that, that's a no for me. No. Um, and I hate that he said he dislikes pigs. I love pigs. I love pigs. But I don't think that was what he was saying. Well, he said pigs and then cock. So that was what he was saying. I automatically freaking hate you because you don't <laughs> like pigs. You know, whatever. Um, so he would also call Jasmine and Serenader on the phone with songs he wrote. Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> Stop. Okay. So he would, call, <laughs> um, he would send her, just like just sing to her all the time. He once wrote her a song in an email called "Till Death Do Us Part." <clears throat> <clears throat> Part of it reads, and I quote: <laughs> "I don't know what uh, tune you would, what bop you would play this." <laughs> But it says, my love, my love for you is forever. As we die here together, we will be together forever. Till death do us part. Listen, I don't know about you, but I know a top tier when I hear it. Shut <laughs> up! Justin no. Bieber, just, uh, Jason Derulo, Jonas Brother, where you at? <laughs> Shut up. I hate you. Stop. I'm not my dealing love with it. for you is forever. <laughs> that is not a top 10. That's not even a top 100. Listen. A top 300. I have the ear for it. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, you're stupid. Okay, so now she started to receive these emails and she was just grounded indefinitely. At this point, when she was receiving the emails, she was grounded indefinitely. Whoopsie. Because she was supposed to be babysitting her younger brother. Because her parents were at a work event. And while babysitting, she decided that it would be cool for her and her friend to just peace out and go to 7-Eleven. Okay, bye! <laughs> and poor Jacob was so scared and freaked out, he called his parents. Aww. Like, why would you, like, listen, I know you're young, but I'm going to go and get a Slurpee right now. Are you ready? Want anything? <laughs> you want anything while I'm going? Okay, bye! <laughs> like, that would just... Be, you can't do that when you're watching your younger sibling. You have to watch, bring him along. Is if anything, you don't have to tell. Just bribe your brother. Like, hey, let's all go to Seven Eleven. I'll buy you a treat. I'll like, buy you buy you one of those those uh, slurpees. A slurpee or one of those burritos. Right. <laughs> just don't tell mom, and you know it'd be cool. I buy you candy. But no, he just left from there. So she was grounded indefinitely, and she couldn't talk to him on the phone. But she just contacted him, like, online. So, you know, they could get past all that phone, you know, back then. And uh, another email he sent to her, he said, God, I can't get over not seeing or talking to you. 
I long to hear your soft, subtle voice and long to be held in your arms again, wherever that may be. I don't care. I just want to be able to spend time with you. I miss you. I love you. And I wish we could be alone together. I think tonight I'll write another song, but you can't hear it until we're together. T-R-O-F-L. Well, I guess I should go or something, but I hope to hear from you much sooner than later. T-T-Y-L, cuddle bunny. Hugs and kisses. You suck. <laughs> Again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, God, that was so sweet. No. <laughs> Tee-hee-hee. Cuddle bunny. R-F-L-O. R-R-O-F-L. Oh, my God. T-T-Y-L, cuddle bunny. That's disgusting. Punch him in his throat. Just punch him straight in the jugular. <laughs> oh my god, okay. it's so disgusting. Now think about it. Think back to when you were 12 years old. On just love side. struck online. And somebody sent you this little gym. So you would have your wedding planned. <laughs> I'm going to have your baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, I never got to that point. That's the thing. I never got to that point at 12. Um, Jasmine's parents, which they had all the right. right to be, were really nervous about her online history and because they were monitoring it, you know? And they were upset and scared over what they were seeing. If I was to see my kids, I mean, my kid's boyfriend talking about cuddle bunny and I can't wait to hold you again and my kids 12 there's gonna be freaking uh, chimes on every window and doors right anytime anything would be open like a window it'd be like burr, burr, burr. <laughs> alarms cooler so um, at this time like I said they were scared they were monitoring everything and they just boxed up her computer and took it away They're which right. go then right just right <laughs> just Break it down. And this, of course, sent her into more of a rage. She would complain to her friends, and, but her friends kind of agreed with her parents because they thought her dating this older guy was just freaking weird. Like, we're playing in the playground and you're over here talking to some 23 year old dude, like close to your dad's age. Like, <laughs> you know, what are you doing? Yeah, it's weird. Come make freaking pies with us or something right easy bake oven pies oh my god i don't i just i want to feel like it wasn't that long ago but i can't remember how i was at 12 but i feel like i was more like innocent than that like, oh, yeah. i didn't really think about yeah i thought boys were cute and like had crushes and had them all over my walls but i didn't think anything beyond that like mm -hmm. i was too busy talking about famous people and making music videos and you know, just hanging with my friends to even think about having a boyfriend. I know. Like, time, at, but at 12, like, to me, at 12, there is so much more you can be thinking about besides right. boys. I understand that you're, like, getting into boys, but at the same exact time, there's so much more out there. I guess it's because we didn't have access to the internet like that, you know? And we had dial-up. Ooh! <laughs> yeah, we had dial-up that you couldn't be on until after 8. <laughs> <laughs> oh man chat uh, rooms and all this type right, of stuff but like, we didn't have that until we were like 16, 17 
I don't know, you got 15, maybe. I think probably, I was, no, I was probably, I was probably maybe about 16. Yeah, uh, that's wasn't what I'm like saying, like 15, 16. Um, I wasn't, I sure as hell wasn't 12. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was outside playing roller skating. I mean. <laughs> Girl, roller skating to Stevie Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they just thought it was weird that they didn't care. Uh, also, when he told his friends this, they were like, dude, she's a kid. Like, that's weird. Exactly. See, look, Pete, those are people who have some sense. Right. Um, they were just like, it's gross that you're wanting to date this young girl. Like, find somebody your own age. You won't have to worry about what her parents say. Um, Jasmine did end up sneaking out with Jeremy one night. And... After that, Jeremy wrote her an email saying, hey, se- I love his email, so I had to add it. I hate the emails. Hey, sexy. Gag, she's 12. Uh, how goes it? You're a sight for sore eyes tonight, and I miss you more than killing people. Because, you know, werewolf shit. Give it. Give it. Listen. First of all, let me let me read it because you know I have to put my soldier voice on. <clears throat> well, he didn't put that. I didn't say that. That was my thoughts. I'm just saying. But okay. It's like, hey, sexy, how goes it? First of all, who said how goes it? You suck. You're a safe for sore eyes, and I miss you more than killing people. What? Who's you out there killing? Right. Can we get together and kill people together? I have a poem for you. And you shall see it when I see you. Tee hee. Disgusting. <laughs> well, I guess I should go. Love you tons. Ugh. <laughs> Disgusting. I'm sick of how you write Tee-hee. emails. <laughs> Tee hee. That's girly. Tee You disgust me. Sir. <laughs> sir. Sir. You just Sit disgust- down somewhere. <laughs> I bid thee good day, sir. I said good day. <laughs> Jasmine replied four hours later saying, killing people? Sounds fun. You suck too. (laughs) And yes, we shall. She then says, I miss you too. A large, large amount. I can't wait to get this poem. Later that day, she was surprised by Jeremy with a bottle of his blood. Because, you know, that's where she gets... I mean, come on. Whatever happened to, like, letters, flowers, even jewelry? If somebody was to give me a vial of blood, I'd be like, ew. First of all, that is, again, that is how AIDS is spread. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can just write me a letter of flowers or chocolates. You know? right, I'll say some chocolate, but <laughs> a vial of blood is just going too far. He even emails her to ask her what she thinks about the vial of blood. I'm like, it, and it's disgusting. It's some, whose blood is this? <laughs> it was his. That one was his. We don't know. It was his ex-girlfriend's blood. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but like it blood. Uh, what the hell? It has healing properties. No, it don't. <laughs> that like it blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, he emails her and was like, how do you like it? And then, of course, you know. He asked her if she wants to get together again and kill more people. Again. Who 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 are they killing? Whose people are you killing? Just killing the hopes of humanity, I, I guess. guess. 
the hopes of them ever acting normal. I'm telling you. Friendships. <laughs> killing <'Cause> my I'm... <laughs> vibe. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. <laughs> I can tell you, you killing my vibe all day. I was killing my vibe all day today. <laughs> so, um, he later emails his friend and tells him that him and Jasmine plan on killing the whole family to mimic their favorite movie, Natural Porn Killers, which I've never seen. I want to watch that now. because You've never, never seen, seen Natural Porn no. Killers? Oh, gosh. Um, he also says the whole point of killing your family is to start a, sp- a killing spree across Canada. R-O-O-F-L. There you go. We're laughing. Um, kind of like the legendary Mickey and Mallory. It's, he thought it was the best love story of all times. You suck. I've never, yeah, I've never seen that movie. You gotta watch it. It's, I mean, it's I mean, it's a good movie, but it's like, I don't, I don't know if you like it or not. <laughs> um, so, her parents are being normal parents and desperately trying to get their little girl back. They start seeing positive change in her. So, like the good parents they were, they started easing up on her punishment. She was allowed to go to her shows only if they could go with her. And she was like, sure, yeah, come with me. I just want to go out, you know. And I get that, like, you could go to your concerts or whatever, but we have to be there, Sabra, and you, or if you want to go out, we have to be there, because they're just slowly allowing her, which is good parenting. Right. You know, they're seeing, you take, give a little, but she takes a mile. So while they're at their show, they lost her, which I'm sure she was just like, that's like me when I went to the casino with my parents. <laughs> And I was like hit big and I had that bug, like, oh, I'm gonna go. So uh, I snuck away because they were like, just save your money, save your money. I was like, no, I could win big, watch this. And I snuck away, yeah, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> Lost every damn penny. <laughs> um, so sh- she like makes a break for it. And they panic, they can't find her, they're looking all around, and they finally spot her. Making out with Jeremy Stanky in the alleyway. In the back alley. You are brave child. Right. Brave and stupid. Like, you know your parents are there. Do you, like, the balls on this girl. Um, obviously, they were pissed. Obviously, I would have rolled up on and Sorry. Wait, I, I, if I was, started yeah. fighting. Oh, yeah. Fight club. <laughs> just right then. Right just on site. Fighting <laughs> on site. Um she was grounded for a month with no phone or computer privileges. So she was like, Whatever. I don't need that. I'll just start using the library computers to talk to my boyfriend. And on March twentieth, two thousand six, she wrote him say with the subject, Hey beautiful. She wrote <laughs> wait <Yes>. a minute. <laughs> Uh-huh. These emails. <laughs> These emails are killing me. She Slowly. Rar. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what. Okay, when you said rar, I thought about my my pharmacy manager because she always says that she's like four foot nothing. <laughs> she's like she's like rar rar. <laughs> when she gets mad. <laughs> oh, I always say rar. Oh god, that's so funny. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. Anyways, um, she says, "Rar, 
I hate them. So I have this plan that begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. She's like, she's like, listen, hear me out. <laughs> like we say all through. All together. All the time to each other. Hear me out. And it would I be wrong if. Yes. Because <laughs> we know anything that comes out of her mouth afterward is going to be wrong. <laughs> when we line it up like that. <clears throat> so, um. So we are set. I'm going to try to call you, but I don't know if I'll be able to. They are treating me like shit, and I hate them so much. Maybe if you wasn't just a little shit, they wouldn't treat you like that. I heard that. Um, I hope this doesn't keep us apart. Which then he replies, I love your plan, but we got to get a little bit more creative with the details. Oh, my God. I wish they wouldn't treat you like that. Grr. <laughs> on March uh, Friday March 24th I like to post all these things or uh, read all these things because you know he has a lot of soul and a lot of things he needs to say I just want to get them out to the people I just want to choke him out that's all I want to do <laughs> so on March 24th he posted a poem, a poem to his Nextopia page my girlfriend's family it's totally unfair. They say they really care. They don't know what's going on. They just assume as their greed starts to consume, she is slowly starting to go insane. And she continues to think I came into her life to help her out and stop what they are trying to shout. It's all total bullsh bullshit. Their throats I want to slit. They will regret the shit that they have done, especially when I see to it that they are gone. They shall pay for the innocence. Insolence. Oh, they for shall the pay insolence. for their they shall pay for their <laughs> insolence. Finally, there shall be silence where blood shall be payment. Can I ask why nobody reported this? Okay, first of all. I mean, he's basically laying out his death plan. Right. Okay, so this is my thing. I'm tired of him talking like he's like he's been born in the 1800s. Well, he's 300 years old. <laughs> <laughs> no. <clears throat> I mean, come on. This is on a page. Why did nobody report this? I mean, I get free speech and expressing how they feel, and that's fine, but this sets off nobody's radar? No, they didn't. Cause you know why? Because they think it's just, again, free speech. Right. And they're just, they're, he just, it's like he's just getting off his chest, you like, know. I want to slit their throat. Like, come on. I would really, like, be like, um, report. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reported for less. I just got reported for less. <laughs> um, so, now at this time, they're sneaking off more and more. And by now they're having sex. Let me remind you. Yes, 23. Yes, 12. Like I said, at this point, I would lock and nail every damn window. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Like I would have warm sets if anything was open. Like what can you do? Like besides making them a prisoner, which doesn't help. But what do you do? I think I would literally move. Right, just, but then but then she would just do it somewhere else. Yeah, she'll either do it somewhere else or she'll hitchhike right. back to whatever. It's just like I feel so bad for parents that have to deal with this because it's just hard. So for the people out there that are dealing with hard children, like my hat's off to you. Have a shot, have a drink, <laughs> go take a drive somewhere. Just y'all are amazing. Um so they snuck out. Uh friends of both of theirs would say that Jasmine would often beg him about taking out her family. And then states, you know, if you love me, you would kill them. Peer and they pressure would at his best. Right. And like I said, like, people hear this, you know, they're not being quiet about it. Right. They're not I mean, making yes. plans about yeah, it. Yeah, people, and like, she's, both of their their friends are hearing all of this. Right. So nobody wants to the police. Um. And like I said, this guy has been through shit. He's not all there in the head, I'm sure. Head no, trauma. No, he's not just all there. everything. So she's over here pressing. pressing. It kind of reminds me of the uh, Gypsy Rose. Yeah. You yeah. Know, where they get them to do things for them. But you know, but you know, Gypsy Rose, she's been through worse shit oh, than this guy exactly. right here. She's been through worse shit, like, ten times right. worse shit. She's been I'm through kind of everything. The, like, I feel sorry for her. I know she did wrong, but at the point... We'll talk about that later. That's That's going to be a good episode, yeah. so but, watch um, out for that. But I'm just saying, like, this person has no reason to do it. But, once again, she's getting him all hyped up. Yeah. Um, so, she, a few weeks later... Uh, Jeremy and his friend, Grant Bolt, said that they had this weird conversation. They were sitting behind a grocery store in Jeremy's truck, smoking pot. First of all, why y'all behind the grocery store? You know. Y'all couldn't go to the park? <laughs> like, so, like regular people do? Right. So they were just sitting there. Well, I'd rather them be there worth than at a park with kids around. No, because if you... Okay, never mind. I ain't gonna go into that. <laughs> Don't incriminate yourself. <laughs> I'm trying not to incriminate myself. Okay, so um, they were just talking, hanging out. Everything's fine and good. Until his uh, Jeremy goes, so how far would you go for love? That's like, that's always a hard question. How, right. would, how far would you go, go for love? And I would be like, I would go. I would I'm go. 23 years old. I'm trying to just find a date for Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, that is a hard question. It's, like, it's how a, far would you? It's a I would tell my question. wife, I would probably give my life for somebody, like, I loved if it came to that. But I would never kill it for somebody. Dead, I would. Well, I take that back. If somebody, if I caught somebody abusing sexually or just mentally, whatever, my kid, I think I could. Oh, of course. Just in the rage. But just to be like, hey, if you love me, you would kill that person just because I don't like them. No, no thanks. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. Worry about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Worry about yourself. 
No, what but about yourself, sweetheart. <laughs> don't worry about, don't worry about, sweetheart. Uh, but no, but yeah, yeah that's like a really, it's a really hard question because like, like I would be like there if they needed me. Yeah, because that's like if you would have, I would say, yo, this dude's been beating on me. Yeah, you know, if we're having a serious conversation, hey, this dude's been beating on me. You know, I don't know how I can get out of this right. without him killing me. You know. I'd, would well, you help me try help me to get out of it? Get out, yeah. But, I would. But totally. if it came, but if it came to like where you're trying to get me out and it gets violent, oh yeah, I'd go for it. I'd kill me. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> oh god. If if we're trying, if a person is trying their hardest to get out, and just, oh, that brings me back to that movie in uh, oh yeah, where she whoops the hell out of him. Oh, yes, yeah. that's where I agree. Like you're trying to get out. He's stalking you. He's like with your kids. If there's kids involved, whatever. I just like uh, or maybe not kill him. Just beat the hell out of him. Get him just back. like uh, Monica Moynihan. Yeah. Like that is a situation. If it if it was my kid. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. If he's beating on you and you trying your damnedest to get out of something mm-hmm. like that then it's okay and then it gets him. violent to that point oh yeah i'm taking him out i would call the cops honestly and be like look you have so many minutes to get here like you I'm got done. five and a half minutes i'm done i'm just telling you right now that he's i'm fixing that this is what i do if i was trying to get out i would call the cops and i'd be like look I'm trying to get out, but like I said, you don't know what you do in this situation. But for me, this is what I would plan in my head. I'm on my way to go get my stuff. I want to leave. He beats me. Things are probably going to get ugly. You have so long to get there. But if things get ugly, I have to protect myself. I have oh, to protect course. my family. Oh, and if it happens, it's not because I went in there looking for it. It's because I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to protect myself. I'm, I'm trying, trying to get out of the situation. So if you're not there to help me... I don't know what's going to happen. See? It's not premeditated. I'm telling you that I'm going to leave. You know, but whatever. I'm not, it's not premeditated. I'm not getting the chair for it. Right. Because you get the chair for that. Right. He says, Jasmine is pretty much going to break up with me unless I do it soon. But I don't think I could do it alone. Would you help me? Uh, fuck no. I'm <laughs> That's what he said, literally. Um, I would do a lot of things. And this is what I said. I would do a lot of things for my friends, but killing their girlfriend or boyfriend is a hard pass for me. Oh, of course. Yeah. Sorry. Their parents or whatever. Killing for them. They got so high that he really didn't take them serious. He was just like, you're just talking stupid. Like, relax. Smoke another. Bruh. Literally, this guy was telling people his plans and nobody thought to call the police. This is where it gets hard. Um, this is almost the end, so there's going to be a part two. So we're going to leave you with this little tidbit, and then we'll go to part two for later. So just to let you know, picture, if you will. Dim no, the lights. Oh my God. <laughs> Dim the lights. Picture it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it this time. <laughs> um, a little boy named Gareth is so excited when he wakes up. Um, he wants to play with his friend. He was supposed to stay the night with him the night before, but that didn't go so he wakes up he's like okay i'm gonna go play with jacob today and uh he gets up gets ready the night before they were supposed to have a sleepover at jacob's house but the plans changed because he received a last minute ticket to go to a hockey game in Uh, canada (laughs) i want to go to a hockey game um he 
received this from his grandma, so they went to the hockey game instead. Um, when he looked outside, he had seen that Jacob's dad's truck was in the driveway and the car was in the driveway, so he asked his mom if it was okay to go play with them. And his mom was like, yeah, sure, fine. When Gareth went to the house, he knocked on the door. He waited. Nobody answered. So he waited a few more minutes, tried again. Still nothing. And it was like 11 or so. Or no, it was like 1. And all the cars were there, right? So he was like, okay, that's weird. So he went around the house and was looking in windows. Never look in people's windows. Uh -uh, <laughs> you don't never know you'll, right. what you'll see. You might see something just disgusting. Right. So he was just looking and he looked in the, uh, what's going around to see if they're outside. And he looked in the basement where their, his mom's, like, studio was to see if she was selling. He went and he looked in and... Suddenly, Garrett's mom, Sarah, said that her son came running back, and he was just freaking out. He was upset, and he was like, Mommy, there's bodies at Jacob's house with blood on them, and I see them through the basement window. And he was just unconsolable, so he had her go back with him to check on them, and that's when she noticed the body of a man, later that would be identified as Mark, Jacob's father, who was laying on his back in only black boxer shorts, covered in blood, mostly around his face. Um, his arms were raised in a fighting position, like a boxing pose kind of, or like a uh, defensive pose. And then she looked around and she seen the body of Jacob's mother, Deborah, behind a couch. She noticed that there was blood everywhere. And she could only see like from the waist down because the couch was like blocking it. So she freaked out and called the police, duh, because bodies, you know. And that's where we're gonna leave you. And next time we're going to talk about uh, what all went down and the second after. It's just a long story, so we kind of like wanted to break it up. Um, so we hope y'all keep it classy and keep it sassy. But don't get murdered. And don't get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thanks Mandy for all your support and your love and sharing our podcast with people. We love you. And we will see y'all guys for part two. Bye. Okay, bye.